The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. podcast everybody ben wittenstein with you across from me the professor nate jacobson and nate nathan nate we are in march yes great time ncla tournament week it's an exciting time 16 games thursday 16 friday one of the best batting times of year and just kind of watching sports as a sports fan time of year. Honestly, it's very exciting. I'm very excited. We're going to have four straight days of games for almost 12 hours. I still have analysis paralysis for my bracket right now. Oh, yeah. So I love to talk things out with you. I know you have some bets. I have some bets that we're going to make for the week um, so we can just start things off, I guess. I, I don't know where you even want to start. There's so many places we can begin. We can obviously start with some of these first-round games, of course, um, and get into kind of what we like for the Final Four, maybe some long-term futures types of bets. But, uh, yeah, man, what's what's been running through your mind for this week? Yeah, I think we can just kind of go through the uh, region by region, give out potential first-round bets or bets we've already made. Also look ahead to maybe some second-round bets we're going to be eyeing just because – we won't have a show between the first and second round. Mm-hmm. So maybe some potential matchups we're looking for. And there's definitely a couple for me because something I've noticed is I feel like these lines are just really, really sharp and tight. There's a lot of underdogs that might be interesting, especially like, you know, picking to win in a bracket to advance in a bracket. Yes. But it's a different story when you're actually betting your hard earned money, maybe betting like plus four on that underdog when maybe a few years ago that underdog would have been plus six, plus six and a half. So I feel like the lines are getting tighter. Uh, maybe that could lead to value on some favorites, although I'm having a little bit trouble trusting any favorites in like this college basketball season where there's just so much parity. So um, a first round might not actually have that many bets, but second round hopefully can take advantage of some like overreactions and bet against some teams who might struggle on a short turnaround, like a 36-hour turnaround between their first and second game. So I think for this show, we can kind of go region by region, starting with where Alabama is, the number one overall seed in the South, kind of any takeaways we have, and then just some bets that we have. And at the end of the show, we'll give our final four bets, picks, maybe not bets, but our final four picks, because I know everyone loves coming to listen to everyone's final four picks for either confirmation bias yes. or to think that, you know, we're, we're idiots for thinking what we do or what <laughs> our opinions are for who's going to make the final four and make it to Houston for that first weekend of April. Yeah. So uh, let's just go through some of that. I mean, do you have any games that you like? I know you listed one and it seems to be well, uh, more popular. Yeah. Relatively so, underdog. So starting the South where Alabama is the number one, and I'll just get to the bet. I bet Furman plus five and a half yep. pretty much when that opened up on Sunday night right after the selection show. And it's really a fade against Virginia. I think one of the weaker four seeds in recent memory, a team uh-huh. that really stumbled down the stretch in ACC play. Even their wins were against teams like Louisville and Notre Dame where they were winning by a bucket. And 
they be- did beat Duke in, I believe it was mid-February, but Duke got fouled with like 0.2 seconds left. And if they made one three throw, they would have won the game. And then the ACC refs decided it wasn't a foul or it was after the buzzer. <laughs> yeah. And then the UVA won by seven, which really is painful because I had Duke plus six and a half that day. Uh, one of the, you know, looking back, especially after what we saw Saturday, where Duke closes minus three against Virginia in the AC title game, it wins by 10. One of those bets that was definitely the right side, even though it didn't win. But I just don't like the way Virginia is trending. They're ranked uh, 34th in Ken Palm. So they're just kind of all the metric sites really don't have a, a good profile for Virginia. And uh, Furman, a dangerous team out of the SOCON. I like them to advance and potentially make the Sweet 16. Uh, one of the takeaways from this bracket with Alabama as the number one seed uh, they really have a favorable path because their first two round games are in Birmingham. And then the four and five are Virginia and San Diego State. And San Diego State's at the Mountain West. And the Mountain West has really struggled in the NCAA tournament the last six years. So I really think Alabama set up to, at minimum, make the Elite Eight here, especially with the, the you know, where they're playing their first couple games in their home state, very close to Tuscaloosa, but also getting the pretty weak three, four and five seeds as a potential sweet 16 opponent. Yeah. I, I think there's a reason Furman seems to be kind of a popular underdog pick. And I yep. think the reasons you listed all make a ton of sense. And it does seem like we were talking about why we both like Alabama so much. And I know, I don't know if I should take the hiccup kind of towards the end of the year with their play as uh, normally how they play, the inconsistency and everything surrounding Brandon Miller, I'm sure, had to factor into that. Yeah. But towards the end of the season, into the tournament, I mean, they've just – they've looked really good. They've looked like that Alabama that's top 10 in both offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency and three-point shooting, three-point defense specifically. I mean, they do look like the legit team. Yeah, no, I mean, last week on the conference tournament show, we were talking about how we thought Alabama was a, Alabama was a vulnerable number one seed in the SC tournament, yes. and we're going to look for ways to oppose them. It wasn't really like a perfect uh, storm because, you know, Tennessee was in their top half of their bracket, and Tennessee has some issues right now. But Alabama going 3-0, covering the spread in all three games, looking the part of a number one overall seed. And, yep. and those performances in Nashville last past weekend got them the number one seed over Houston and Kansas. So, yeah, I think now after some uncertainty about Alabama, we saw kind of the best of the Crimson Tide when they're when they're on and they're shooting, they can be, you know, hard to beat anyone in the country and they've really taken advantage of some of the weaker SEC teams this year. So, I would not step in front of Alabama, especially the first game. Maybe if it is West Virginia in the second game, they can at least give them trouble. West Virginia, a team definitely better than their record, but they play in the Big 12, so every game was a was a grueling match. So maybe yes. Bob Huggins can give them some trouble if they can't shoot that night. But uh, just to advance, I think Alabama has to. Uh, you at least have to have them in the Elite Eight just based on this path. I, was gonna, I wanted to talk about that Maryland-West Virginia game too because it seems like you think Maryland's going to advance – I think West Virginia. Or excuse yes. me, West Virginia is yeah. going to advance. I kind of, I kind of like Maryland to cover right. in this game. So, it's a short spread at two. Yeah, I, I probably won't bet this game. I, if I had to, it'd be West Virginia. I just think, in the kind of a bigger picture thing, I'm going to look to bet against Big Ten teams when I have the opportunity this tournament. I, I think it was a pretty mediocre league. It was led by Purdue. They won the, you know, they swept regular season conference tournament, although conference tournament, their path to winning that was 
Rutgers, Ohio State, and Penn yes. State. So a lot of questions about Purdue. We'll get to them later. But I think when it come like when in doubt, go against the uh, the Big Ten teams in this NCAA tournament. It probably won't be a bet for me, especially that West Virginia is a short favorite minus two. I could see this being decided by one or two either way. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a kind of it's opening game Thursday, uh, so it sets up to maybe be a exciting yeah. setting the tone for the rest of the weekend kind of game. Uh, but I, regardless, I think you know I mean, maybe West Virginia could give Alabama trouble. I don't. I'm not really a big Maryland guy. They really did not play well outside of, of their home arena this year. Just kind of looking down where the list, Mizzou and Utah State's another game um, that I'm interested in talking about and kind of figuring out what side you like here, uh, being a Missouri person yourself. The Tigers come in as underdogs yeah. to Utah State. One and a half is that spread. It's a high total, 155, 155 and a half. I like Missouri in this game. Um, just, I know Utah State's been playing well. I know they're how good of a team they are, but Mizzou has shown – when they are good, I really do think they're one of the top 50, 20, 20 teams in the country when they're playing at their best. Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say when they're playing at their best. It's a team that hasn't lost really any bad games this year. Mm-hmm. They've had some pretty nice performances. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I get why Utah State's favorite in this game. Missouri okay. struggles uh, in terms of defensive efficiency outside the Ken Palm top 175 which is, you know, a recipe for teams to get eliminated from the tournament early. Right. Uh, I think the counter to that is Utah State plays in the Mountain West, and I believe the stat is Mountain West teams 1-11 in the first round of the last six NCAA tournaments. That includes first four games. So Mountain West teams, I don't know what it is. Maybe they can change this year with four teams in from the Mountain West. Um I, I would have to stay away, though. I think the, the total being so high makes it a game where live betting could be a, a thing to do if a team gets out to an early lead because there's expected to be a lot of points. doesn't mean they're going to keep the lead. So I think that's yes. a better live betting games like a lot of these games are. Uh, one game or potential second round bet I want to talk about, Creighton over Baylor. So Creighton plays NC State in the first round. Creighton's a six seed. Yep. They're a six seed because they had some injuries throughout the year. Um, and and But at their best, when they're full strength, I think they're a pretty solid team. And Baylor is a team I thought was pretty good. But then the last few weeks have been kind of tough for Baylor. You lose in the first round of the Big 12 tournament to Iowa State. Their defensive issues, I think, really got magnified where uh, and Ken Palm defensive efficiency, they're outside the top 100. So that's another team that I think is, you know, a team that traditionally isn't going to make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament because their defensive metrics and Creighton as a sixth seed. If they're at any underdog price against Baylor, I'm going to take a look at Creighton if that is the matchup. Obviously, Creighton could lose NC State. Baylor could get upset by UC Santa Barbara just based on kind of the profile that Baylor has. It's a team that gets Very eliminated yeah, eliminated from the first yeah, round. They're just an inconsistent there's, there's a chance team. at least. So. Um, that's something I'm going to look for. I believe that game would be on Sunday if both teams advanced on Friday or won on Friday. So something I'm looking for the second round, I'm going to bet Creighton over Baylor. Yeah, I think Baylor losing before the Sweet 16 is very likely yeah. is the thing. Could I be think first round. Uh, I yes. don't know. It, it, it seems to me that they are, they're so inconsistent. 
their defense is so questionable to me that I think they are a really good three seed that you could expect to get upset before the Sweet 16. Um, but yeah, I mean, for that Mizzou-Utah State game, I think the total's a play. I think, especially if a team gets out to a big lead, you live bet the team that's down because of how good yep. both these teams' offenses are. They're top 20 in Bartorvik offensive-wise, both of these teams. And they're outside, you know, 75 in their defensive, uh, adjusted defensive efficiency for the most part. The thing I like about Mizzou, though, is their turnover. They are their they turnover do. rate. They Their defense gets the ball. They 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 force a lot of turnovers. Utah State's middle of the pack in terms of uh, turning the ball over. So that could be a big thing. I like When I go to the tournament, I like to see teams who force a lot of turnovers and who get to the free throw line a lot. Um and Utah State does get to the free throw line a lot. So honestly, this is I think this is a good game to live bet because there, there's going to be a team at some point that makes a run, goes up 8, 8-0 run, 10-0 run, whatever it may be. That's when you live bet uh, the other team. Uh, let's move on to a different region, Midwest region. Yes. You have a bet here? Uh, yeah, I do. Drake. Like the Bulldogs. Drake, I bet plus 3.5 on Sunday. It's down like 2.5 now. Yep. Maybe just take Drake money line, like plus 120. I, I just don't really like this Miami team. And I guess it kind of goes into the theme of fading Virginia. Part of the reason I'm fading Virginia was or is because I don't think the ACC was any good. I do think Duke has, uh, you know, their talent has kind of shown up and has developed over the year. And John Shire kind of learning to be a head coach. But the other teams in the ACC, I don't trust at all. And, yeah. and Miami, a team that I know they were the number one seed in the ACC, but it was a bad league this year. I know guard play is emphasized in March, but I just don't really think they're that strong overall. And then their big guy, Omir, he looks like he's out. He got hurt in the AC tournament. And and if they miss him, they don't really have anyone else down low. And Drake played very well in the Missouri Valley throughout the year. They absolutely dominated Bradley in the Missouri Valley tournament. That was Two Sundays ago, because Arch Madness is always right, be you know, a week before Selection Sunday. So Drake, I like a lot to beat uh, beat Miami, and that's my probably one of my favorite bets of the first round. I have Auburn over Iowa, and I'm as a bet or just advancing both. Okay, I have Auburn money line, and I have them beating Iowa, and I think it goes along the same lines of Big Ten teams might struggle a little bit because they kind of had a bit of a down year especially Iowa away from Carver Hawkeye arena. I don't think they are necessarily a very good at most an average team away from home. When you look at some of their advanced metrics versus array versus home. And I think the fact that they did so well at Indiana towards the end of the season where they just blew out IU on the road at assembly hall. And I think that was more of a a fluke and an outlier than anything else. And that's, I think helping the line a little bit. I am very surprised that Auburn is an underdog in most spots, at least spread wise, you can get them at plus one and a half. Some places have them plus two. Um, and I got Auburn at minus 104 on the money line. So I, I really like the Tigers here. I think they're just the overall better team than than Iowa. They have a better defense. Uh, their offense is not as good at its peak that Iowa's is, but Iowa's offense can be streaky at times. So I think Auburn's defense is good enough to maybe stop some of these Iowa runs that we see all the time. They're a very good rebounding team. I think they'll be able to get Iowa on the boards. It, it, to me, it just seems like Auburn overall in general is, is the better team. So during this season, I actually faded Auburn quite a bit when they were away from home. So Away kind of, from home, they, it's, kind of, they're not as good. Kind of Absolutely. the argument you have like anti-Iowa, I could also make the same case anti-Auburn. Mm-hmm. I guess the only difference is here, and I don't know why the NCAA committee did this, but Auburn's a nine seed, so they're, you know, they shouldn't have a, a you know, really favorable location where they're playing. They're playing in Birmingham. 
Yeah. So they're going to have a, a home court advantage, and I don't know if that's fully being built in this line. Uh, for me, it's just a game, a lot of variance, because you don't know what Iowa's showing up. Is it the team that won in Bloomington two weeks ago, or is it yes. the team that lost in the Big Ten tournament to Ohio State and then lost at home on the final day of the regular season to Nebraska? I don't know. So it's it's yeah, a it's a tough game for me to figure out. I think one uh, takeaway is that whoever wins this game will lose to Houston in the second round. I know Houston has a key injury in Marcus Sasser who got hurt in the AAC tournament. But I think one of my big takeaways from this region is Houston has a very favorable path to at least the second weekend of the tournament. And then hopefully for their sake, they get a, you know either Sasser back or if he's able to play in one of the first two games, just have him a little bit more healthier. Sit for, him out one game. Yeah, no, you, Get him ready for you, round two. You don't need him for Northern Kentucky, and you yeah. might not need him for uh, the winner of this Auburn Iowa game. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. And in this game, it's really funny because Auburn and Iowa, they've been just extremely inconsistent as teams. So whoever wins this game, I don't expect them to win against Houston in their next game. So I think that's going to be um, a lot of fun. But Bartorvik and Haslametrics both have Auburn winning this game, and they're still underdogs. I don't know. I need someone to explain it to me. I think I think people, maybe the market and betters are expecting Iowa to be at their yeah. best behavior and be their best team, but History has shown we can't rely on them to do that. I'm just I'm just not an Auburn guy. I but you know I I I, if, I kind of wish these two teams were playing against each other so I could bet against both. But yes, that's not the case. Uh, one I don't have too much more on this region. Well, um, but I do. Yes, I wanted to bring up Indiana. Have to who. If you're just looking at lines, you're mm-hmm. probably a little perplexed, or just not you, but because you're you know you're in ingrained yeah, in the college football betting market me at all. but if you're just you know you just bet college basketball these you know two or three weeks a year mm-hmm. and you see indiana a four seed a brand name is only a four point favorite against a 13 seed from the mac and kent state yep you're probably wondering like what's going on and i'm even having a little bit of trouble uh what's going on i think it just kind of shows that indiana is also another very unpredictable team we're at their best they might be a top, you know, fifteen, even top ten team in the country, but then they ever every once in a while have a have a clunker, and I'm not sure how well coached they are. And I also question them because I was at their game Friday night in the Big Ten tournament, and they just don't seem to have much of a threat of a three point shooter. Nope. And I think that could doom them in in some games. It doomed them on Saturday against Penn State, um, and I guess that could be the the issue where. They don't take that many threes, but if they're not going in, uh, they're going to have trouble maybe catching up in a game if they start off slow. Yeah, it's it. that line worries me a lot because you look at it, like you said, if you're just coming in from an objective point of view, haven't really looked at college basketball, you're thinking Indiana should probably win this game by double digits. Games of four. What what do people know? What what are the what does the market know? And that makes me a little worried because, like you said, Indiana. You talk about inconsistency, and in they're the picture of inconsistency. You you get blown out by an Iowa team that's really bad on the road and then you come back and you win some games and you look good doing it and you have a really bad loss to Penn State. So I, I just I really don't know what to make of this team. The lack of three point shooting really concerns me. It really, really concerns me. And there was a stat that I saw about this team that I want to make sure I find correctly because it blew me away how bad of a stat it was. And I think it was in a way in neutral site games for Indiana, their three point rate ranks three hundred and fifty sixth in college basketball, 25.8% is their three-point rate in away and neutral games. That is horrendous. I don't think you're going to be able to win much in the NCAA tournament if you're not taking a lot of three-point shots. 
especially against a Kent State team that leans on their defense. So I'm that stat to me is very concerning because they don't have a reliable three-point shooter. They rely a lot on Trace Jackson Davis, which is fine and good, and he'll give you 20 points, 25 points. But is Jalen Hood-Shifino going to come, and is he going to shoot well? Is Miller Cop going to have a good shooting game? There's so many factors that are question marks for this team that, man, I just I don't know. I think four is a pretty correct number. I think there's going to be times in this game Indiana plays from behind, and they're going to be playing – to save their season from behind in the first round of the tournament. Yeah, it seems like a pretty sharp line. This is also the Friday night game, so late. So yeah. I feel like there's going to be a lot of betting handle from people who are yeah. joining you in Vegas when they're coming yeah. in Friday evening or just, you know, now we have sports betting legal in 30 states. People are going to want to bet this game on a Friday night just because there's a big name involved and, a, and an attractive underdog at a short price. So... Fascinating to see where this line goes. Maybe it doesn't go anywhere, but um, fascinating to see, I guess, how this game plays out because there's probably a pretty wide range of outcomes. My advice would be wait until Indiana gets down four points, five points, and then live bet Indiana. And maybe you can get them at minus two, minus two and a half, whatever it is. I think that really is the play here because there will definitely be a point that they cannot handle the Kent State defense for a couple possessions. They're going to lose the lead. They're going to, it's going to be tied, whatever it is. They're not going to be able to handle Kent state for a string of four to five minutes. And that is when you're going to be able to live bet Indiana at a better number. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Let's move on to the West region. Yep. Which is my personal favorite region just because of how difficult oh it is God. and how many teams. It's ridiculous. And how much the discrepancy here. I mean, Arkansas, Illinois is a fun game. St. Mary's VCU. UConn could get upset by Iona. You have a TCU team that doesn't even know who they're playing yet. Northwestern's in this region as well. Like there are so many fun teams and I didn't even mention UCLA. So you look at all of these games, Nate, what's a, what's a bet that stands out for you or a team you're looking to make a play on? So I I think first off, just to kind of, you know, piggyback on how strong this region is, especially Crazy. compared to some of the others. Yeah. So Ken Palm, Ken Pomeroy, his website where he talks, or this is all numbers. It's all numbers in terms of offense efficiency and defensive efficiency, and that kind of creates a rating for each team. The top uh, first five seeds in this region make up the top 11 teams in Ken Palm. UConn, who's a four seed in this region, is ranked fourth by Ken Palm. That's that is how crazy. tough it is. Kansas is the one seed, is the third best team by Ken Palm ratings behind UCLA and UConn. And then St. Mary's is right behind them. Yep. And then the three seed, who's the three seed in this? Gonzaga. Gonzaga, who is actually the best offensive uh, efficiency in the country. Their yep. defense lacks a little bit, which is why I'm a little bit worried about Gonzaga to like kind of you know make a surprise run because this isn't the best Gonzaga team. But it just it's a loaded region, especially when you factor in TCU, who's a tough six. 
And I think Arkansas, a really, really tough eight seed because it's a team that hasn't been healthy all year, and now they're healthy, so they have the upside on their day to knock off a Kansas in the second round. So it's a really, really tough region, uh, like by far the hardest one. Kind of unfair, I feel, especially because Kansas had such a good season. They won the Big 12 regular season, which says a lot because it's such a, a tough league. They yep. make the final of the Big 12 tournament. Everyone assumes they're going to either be the one, number one overall seed and or they're going to be the Midwest region to get to play in Kansas City. And they lose in the Big 12 title game without Bill South, who had the the illness. And they get jumped by Alabama and Houston. who And Houston takes their spot in the Midwest. And now they send Kansas out to Vegas. So I feel like Kansas, not only that they get like the harder teams, but they also don't get a favorable draw in terms of travel and fan support in the regional final. So that was kind of my big takeaway from the whole selection Sunday. I was shocked that Kansas, after having such a good year, did not get a, you know the one seed in the Midwest region so they could be in Kansas City. So a lot of storylines here, a lot of big brands in UCLA and Kansas and and UConn and Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Plus, you add in St. Mary's, who's an analytical darling, and it yeah. should be a lot of fun. I think one bet I'm eyeing, and this game isn't actually set yet, so I don't have a bet on it, but TCU is the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. They're playing late on Friday night in Denver, and they play the winner of the first four game yep. on Wednesday night between Arizona State and Nevada. I don't think Arizona State and Nevada are really any good, so whoever wins that game is going to be on you know 48-hour turnaround, from Dayton to Denver to play a TCU team who I think is undervalued. So I'm going to look to bet TCU. I guess I'd prefer Arizona State because I think the line would be shorter if Arizona State uh, won that game against Nevada and they played TCU. Yes. But I think the quick turnaround coupled to the fact that TCU with Mike Miles back after he missed like three weeks in the middle of the year are undervalued and underseated. Uh, TCU makes a lot of sense for kind of a – a bigger bet potentially on Friday night. I like Arkansas against Illinois, or I get I like him to cover and to win against Illinois. Against yeah. Illinois, I um, well, I was going to say I like Arkansas. Well, I, I hope Arkansas wins because I want to bet on them in the second round against Kansas. Oh, interesting. So I don't know if I'll have a bet on Arkansas against Illinois. The must bust. But I'm just going to kind of you know root for them. So I have an opportunity to back Arkansas as an underdog. But yeah, go ahead with your explanation on the uh on the Razorbacks no I mean I'm sure the the reason that we both like Arkansas I mean for me it's I I just I can't trust this Illinois team they haven't shown me any reason to really like them at all or be confident that they can take down a team that's in a power five conference consistently like Arkansas who's been tested by pretty good teams in the SEC this season and have had their own share of, of pretty good wins I just don't – I don't think Illinois' offense is going to be able to do much against Arkansas's defense. They don't really get to the free throw line a whole bunch. I mean, I'm looking at all their stats now when I was kind of preparing for this pick, and there's just no stat for Illinois to me that really stands out that, that can be ready no, for them to get past Arkansas. And I just don't think they they have the consistency or the firepower or the, the talent to get past the Razorbacks. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Illinois, I watched – uh, on Thursday the Big Ten tournament or just on TV mm-hmm. because I was interested to see who I'd be watching play on Friday. So I watched a good amount of that game and just nothing about Illinois impressed me. Oh, and they're I, the most and, meh team. Like they got on some nice runs and, and I think they're they're kind of boosted 
by their early season wins, they beat Texas and they beat UCLA, both on neutral courts. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of boosts up their resume, but the team hasn't really improved since then. Yep. And they kind of were, you know, they're okay in Big Ten play. Like, I mean, Big Ten play, like there was like a almost like a seven-way tied for second place, and they were part of that group. So yeah. just kind of like an average Illinois team. Definitely not as good as maybe their last two. Well, definitely not as good as two years ago, but definitely um, not as good as last year's team either. That was a four seed. So, yeah, I, I like Arkansas in that game. I don't know if I'm going to bet on them. I just saved my money to bet Arkansas against Kansas because I really do think Arkansas could advance against the Kansas. The, um, the one bet I do and that I have made in this region too, Nate, that I wanted to throw out there, Grand Canyon, a team total over 69 and a half. <laughs> We all know Grand Canyon can score. It's a ridiculous, degenerate bet, but I really like Grand Canyon's scoring ability here, and Gonzaga's defense just inspires no confidence in me, especially their three-point defense, which is really what Grand Canyon excels in, and they shoot a lot of threes, and they make a pretty decent amount of threes. So Gonzaga's going to win this game. I would take the over in this game, but I really do like the Grand Canyon team total under as uh, over as long as it is under 70 points. Which I got it at 69 and a half. There we go. I think Gonzaga gives up 70 to 75 points to Grand Canyon. I think they score 85 to 90, but they're going to give up probably around 70, probably even more. So yep. give me the Grand Canyon over. And then one bet I made, but I might bet out of or just let it ride and not feel great about it. But I did take Iona plus nine and a half. You dog. Rick. Iona. So it's it's just like a, I don't know. It's a weird game because it's, it's Rick Pitino. Yep. It's an underdog against a team that he might be coaching against next year because he might go to St. John's. He might be coaching against UConn. Mm-hmm. The game's in Albany, New York, so it's going to be like a split crowd. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a pretty raucous crowd between it'll be like the UConn fans and then it'll be like Iona fans and just people rooting for Rick Patino, which might be like <laughs> everyone else in the crowd is not a UConn fan. Rick Patino fans. So I actually them. I actually think UConn could make a run in this run in this tournament. Um maybe even I, I might actually have them in my final four, but mm-hmm. I also could see them kind of like s- struggling in this game and maybe not covering, but at least advancing and then kind of getting that game under their belt, getting confident and yeah. then I do like them if they match up against St. Mary's um, in the second round. And then if I think Arkansas beats Kansas, I, I'd like UConn to beat Arkansas. So I'm just – see, with me, every time I think UConn's got it figured out and they make a run, they always disappoint me. I don't know, I'm very worried about that because I think the same way. I think they're the end of the season well. They look very strong. They look like stuff's finally coming together for yeah. them that it was at the beginning of the season. But I'm just waiting for them to break my heart. I don't know. It's just happened so much this season where I finally think that they're back on, on the horse and they fumble the bag in a game. Yeah, it's funny. They're a team that where the stats don't fully match maybe the eye test, especially yeah. they had a little bit of a rough stretch on road games in Big East play. Mm-hmm. But a lot of teams, you know, struggled on the road um, in major conference play this year. So interested to see what happens with, uh, with UConn because they could be testing their first game. They lost to New Mexico State last year, so I know they have a little bit of a – not a history, but they can play down to their competition under Dan Hurley. So definitely interested to see how that game uh, plays out. I don't know which night it is, but um, it's definitely going to be a must-watch game, especially the game being in New York State. Um, all right, let's do uh, the final region with the East, where Purdue is the number one seed in that region. And you have some fun matchups. Um, Michigan state USC, I think is a fun one. Memphis FAU could be pretty fun. I really do like 
Memphis in that game. I kind of like, and they said this on, on yeah. live on the line, but I do kind of like Memphis to upset Purdue. Purdue's going to get upset at some point. If they make the Elite Eight, I would be surprised. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say, get ready to bet whoever plays Purdue in the second round yep. as soon as that line opens, especially if it's Memphis, because Memphis just won the AAC. Yep. So now they're not as much of a secret anymore. After kind of going under the radar, last year they had a lot of hype Memphis. This year uh, they still have a lot of talent with, under Penny Hardway, but I feel like no one's really talking about them. So now they're kind of getting some some vibes, and I think Memphis FAU honestly was like that's like almost like would have been could be like a four or five matchup, like a second round game. Like yes. I think both teams are kind of in that you know solidly in that top twenty five. So both teams really underseeded. No shock that the NCAA tournament committee is trying to knock out the mid majors uh, yep. early, as early as possible because this is a TV show after all for ratings. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think the whoever. Uh, something I wrote down as a potential second-round bet, either Memphis or FAU against Purdue. I, I prefer Memphis. It might be a shorter number, but I do think the – I have Memphis advancing to the Sweet 16 in my bracket. So I Love think uh, I think that's a really I think a lot of people pick. are going to do that just because Purdue is uh, a team everyone wants to fade. Uh, Zach Eady is a great player, but they have very questionable guard play and – they just don't feel like a, a true number one seed that people are too, truly intimidated by. Guess who, according to Bartorovic, has been playing the tenth, like the tenth best team in the country since the start of February? The Memphis Tigers. Yep. And guess who's twelfth uh, and not as good as they are, and that's Purdue. So oh. if they do meet, <laughs> Bartorovic likes Memphis. The FAU Owls. <laughs> uh, no, not necessarily. But yeah, they, let's see where they are. Memphis but yeah, FAU. FAU's thirty-four. Memphis, Memphis FAU awesome first round game yeah actually i think someone i heard someone mentioned these two teams will be in the same conference next year in the aac because fau is going to the aac so yep fun little twist there i think you mentioned something about the michigan state usc game yeah yeah uh two game two teams i'm i'm sort of teams now yeah right ten teams. <laughs> they'll be they'll be conference rivals <laughs> in two years somehow yeah. and they're playing in columbus ohio so look at that in Just uh big ten in big around. 10 country yeah and the game is the first game on Friday, mm-hmm. 11, 15 Central, our time, 12, 15 um, in Eastern time in Ohio. But for you watching the game in Vegas, and you'll, we'll, live on the line, we'll be on the air yep. at the time. Plus USC, obviously Pacific time zone. Early start, 9.15 on the body clocks for USC. Plus yeah. Michigan State travels pretty well. It's gonna They'll definitely travel to Columbus. So, you know, they do that trip almost every year for either football and or basketball. So I don't really like either USC or Michigan State, Mm -hmm. and I probably won't have a bet on this game, but if you are kind of trying to figure out who to advance in that game, uh, I think uh, advancing Michigan State because of those travel factors uh, that aren't really, you know, you don't see if you're just looking at a bracket. But if you're looking at the time of the game and where the game is, uh, Michigan State I think has quite an advantage there. Um a bet I'm considering here, actually a little a favorite, uh, Kentucky is a six seed. They're playing Providence. Mm-hmm. Just don't like the way Providence is trending. There was a moment on Sunday, because this was the last region revealed, where I thought Providence was going to be left out of the field. They lost a couple games the last week at home to Xavier and Seton Hall. They go one and done in the Big East tournament, losing to UConn. And I know they had some impressive wins early in the year. 
but they just aren't trending really well at all. And I feel like Kentucky just they they lost to Vanderbilt um, in the SE tournament, which really shocked me, especially because Vandy was out there leading scorer. But you lose to St. Peter's last year in the tournament. I really think we're getting Kentucky's best effort here. And Coach Cal is going to have those guys focused for this game. So they've been playing I'm, better. They're, yeah, the end of the season from like mid February to, Out, to now. Outside of games, yeah, outside of games against Vanderbilt, they have played pretty yeah. well in the last. Yeah, like, Vanderbilt has their number. Yeah, which I don't is know weird. What it is. I don't know because <laughs> Vanderbilt's fine, but they're not. You know, yeah, I don't know how they beat Kentucky twice in the span of like nine days as like big underdogs, but yeah. Maybe that's who Kentucky is, but I'm willing to take a risk that Kentucky gets kind of bounces back, gets off the mat, and Providence just kind of continues to flounder as a team that is really good at home, but outside of home, there's nothing really special about them. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think, I mean, that was Kentucky was a team that I was looking at, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people still remember kind of what they went through end of December into January where they lost some. They lost some games that yeah, they lost like know, South, South Carolina. Carolina yeah, they probably shouldn't have lost. No, to. they were like a twenty-point favorite. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. I think people, for whatever reason, especially because it's Kentucky, because they're a blue bud, people uh, when they lose games they're not supposed to. People really remember that as we head into tournament season. And the Vanderbilt losses are actually not very good as well, especially one at home and then losing them again uh, in the tournament is not a good look for Kentucky. But I think you said it right. They're coming off a tournament last season where they were embarrassed. They've been playing other than against Vanderbilt, top 10 basketball in the country. Their, their offense has been great. Defense has been great. Their game scores have been great. When you look at their analytics, I think this is a team. I have them in my bracket going to the Elite Eight, losing to Marquette. But I think very much so that they could potentially be another Final Four team that's lower than a five seed. What's your thoughts on probably the other Memphis FAU is a great game, but I think yep. the one that's going to get a lot of TV viewers but also be a great game, the 12-5 here. Oral Roberts, Max Asmus, who took mm-hmm. Oral Roberts on a improbable run two years ago, he's still there, and it's a kind of a better team around him against Duke, who's one of another team who's red hot down the stretch, yes. uh, winning the AC tournament. I think the last loss they had was that Virginia game I mentioned, which mm-hmm. is the game they should have won. Uh, they haven't I, lost in a month. Yeah, I think Duke is is awesome right now, and it kind of sucks that Oral Roberts got drawn against them because. Yeah. Oral Roberts is probably better than most 12 seeds, and Duke is, I think, definitely better than most five seeds. And maybe I'm kind of being a little hypocritical after criticizing the ACC, but I think this the talent of Duke and the you know recruiting stars that they have. It's no like secret or no fluke that they are playing so well to end the year. So yeah, I like uh, I like Duke to actually make the Final Four. In this in this really? bracket, just because you like Duke in the Final Four, yeah, just because I don't past like past Marquette, past well Purdue's not going to be there. <laughs> They're not going to have to. Get well, past that's the th- that's the thing. And if minute, I think that's the team that could also that'll knock off Purdue if if they get there. If so Duke, yeah, yeah, I think the pass a little bit easier. I'm going to look to bet on Duke in the second round if they play Tennessee, a Tennessee team that hasn't yeah, been the same be. since Zakai Ziegler tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Duke. I, I, you know, maybe not like the team I love, but I do like their path, especially with for Purdue being what I believe is a vulnerable team, and then Marquette. They're good. I do have a little bit of worry because they won the Big East tournament. That you know they're not fully focused on the first you know game of the tournament. That like Vermont can even give them a little bit of a scare, not to beat them, but yep. um, that that line is pretty short. 
for a class of 15 against a two and the line's only uh, 11 and a half or 12, that's a little scary. Yeah, and Shaka um, Smart in the tournament has... You did have a bad... Uh, it's concerning to me. You did have a bad loss against um, Abilene Christian, which basically <laughs> was, was his last game at Texas. Yep. Uh, the other game... Uh, Kansas State's only like eight and a, minus eight and a half is so a three seed against Montana State. That's kind of like the Indiana Kent State, where like this line just seems suspiciously short. Suspicious. I don't know too much about Montana State. I know Kansas State had a nice season, but they really overachieved. So I think maybe there's some like preseason stuff baked into what Kansas State is, especially because it's a first time head coach and Jerome Tang and just a lot yep. of an experience all around. So. Um, I hope Kansas State advances, but I am a little bit caught worried about you know advancing them too far because they not, might not even get out of the first round. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, should we get to the final four picks? Yeah, let's, do? let's right. do it. Let's pick final four, Nate. Who do you have? <laughs> who's, All right. who's your final four? In the South, pretty yep. confident about this. Alabama, okay. I yep. have them beating Arizona in the Elite Eight. Over in the Midwest, all Texas showdown. Going to take the Texas Longhorns. They just won the Big 12 tournament in yes. KC. They're going to go back to that building, advance to the Final Four in Houston. Mm-hmm. So that'll be awesome to see, uh, or a potential awesome game with a spot on the line of a Final Four in Houston between two teams from Texas. I like Texas over Houston. I was really kind of been flip-flopping on this. I think for now, and I'll probably go with it, but... UConn over UCLA in the West, that loaded West region. So you still like UCLA? Yeah. Even without Jalen Clark? I do. I, I like them at least to get to the Elite Eight, although Gonzaga-TCU will be a tough game in the Sweet 16. But I definitely like them to get to the Sweet 16, beat the winner of Boise State Northwestern. So I'll have them winning another game, especially being in Vegas. They might have some fans that travel, but... I'll take UConn as maybe a little bit of a contrarian pick for the Final Four. And then the last one, Duke over Marquette. And then the final, I have Texas over Alabama. If that game happens, there's going to be 48 hours of college football jokes from all the college football people we follow. And if Texas wins, then it would be even more jokes about that. But that's what I'm going with, a Texas over Alabama final with the other two Final Four teams Duke and UConn, although UConn, UCLA was kind of a close call for me, and same thing with Duke and Marquette. Yeah, this one has been tough. I've been going back and forth with this one. I I do like Texas, and I think Texas's defense, and especially their turnover rate on defense, is really good, and I love teams that can force turnovers and play really good defense in the tournament because they usually do pretty well. I, I have them coming out. For my Final Four, I have Texas, Gonzaga, Marquette and Alabama. So it's a little chalky. I don't love it a lot. I'm a little worried about Shaka Smart and his coaching and his history of just losing it really early on in the tournament. Bama's been playing great basketball. I think Bama makes it in there in a really easy bracket, as we talked about. Gonzaga has been one of the best teams in the country in the last month or so. They've been at the top of their game. They've looked really good, especially offensively. And I think that's going to take them really far and help them win games. Maybe that they've been slow starts or their defense isn't really helping anything. I, I do like Gonzaga to, to make the Final Four in Texas for all the reasons that you mentioned and defensively as well. I just I, I don't know if I can pick anyone in the final right now. I haven't finished the bracket. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, it's it's tough because Texas over Gonzaga seems like the move, but then you get a really good defensive team against a really good offensive team. 
tough to figure out how that game's going to go. I would love to yeah. pick Alabama in my national championship. I just there's part of me that thinks maybe they just have a really bad defensive game against one of these teams and, and lose earlier on than they should. They've done that before. I don't know what the odds are that they do it again. It's it's probably not high, but that's in the back of my mind too with Alabama. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to you know nail all four, especially this year. I think uh, if you get one or two, you'll we'll all be happy. Yeah. Um, or I'll be happy if I get one or two Final Four calls right. I will say I don't think it is too chalky. You said you thought you were a little bit too chalky. Yeah, only I don't one. Think one it, yeah, only one one seat. So it's not that bad. No, it's not terrible. Not that bad at all. I I, I don't know. Um, and another thing, um, we didn't really talk much like about strategy and stuff but if you are in a bracket pool mm-hmm. i'd be careful going too crazy on upsets unless you're in a bracket pool with like over 100 people and you know it's top three get paid or something right. but if you're just playing with some buddies you're playing in the office if you're playing in something that's like 50 entries or lower just kind of you know you can make a few stands and go contrarian but don't mm-hmm. go too crazy advancing double digit seeds to like the sweet 16 or elite eight. I know it happened last year, but that was uh, certainly an outlier with St. Mary's. So <laughs> you don't have to go too crazy with the bracket pool to win one. Um, a lot of times the, you know, the higher seeds end up being the favorites, especially as the tournament goes on. So obviously in, in a year like this, it can be crazy, but I wouldn't, you know, go too contrarian because you're not trying to get a perfect bracket. You're just trying to have the bracket good enough to beat everyone else you're Least competing mistakes. with. Yep. Yeah, least mistakes for sure. All right. Those are our brackets. Those are some of our picks. Um, I'm sure we'll be back next week with some Sweet 16 Elite 8 picks. Yep, Sweet 16 Elite 8. Uh, and then I know I'm out of town the week of the Final Four, but uh, there's only two games to talk about, so can't talk too much uh, compared to what we're talking about now where there was like, what, 28 games yeah, right. set in stone with point spread. So, yeah, we should do some so – we'll do something likely next week for those uh, those big regionals um, and maybe recap some of the things we learned from the first four days of the NCAA tournament. I know you're going to be in Vegas, so yeah, I will. have a good time. Thank you. I'll try. Uh, take in the scenes because I know that's kind of a, a destination bucket list for a lot of sports fans yes. to yeah. be there for the NCAA tournament, especially the first few days. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Good luck to you. Hopefully the bracket does well. Good luck to everyone else, and uh, we'll be back here next week. Yeah.